Everyday, ordinary people living extraordinary lives. For the next few minutes, join me as I introduce you to some of them. I've been a part of this work for 18 years, and I'm at a crossroads. I'm B. Moore, and welcome to 52 Conversations. In my previous episode, I talked with Dunbar Association Executive Director Carol Charles about the direction of the 100-year-old settlement house. In the second part of our conversation, we discuss another one of her passions, dance. My other hat yes. is um, the Dance Theater of Syracuse. I've served as the Executive Director probably since 2006. But I've been involved in the first iteration of the organization for 18 years, so since about the year 2000. Dance Theater of Syracuse was renamed from Parents Promoting Dance. We actually have two nonprofits in that name. And Parents Promoting Dance was founded to support another organization um, I um, trained to be a dancer, um, just loved to dance from the time I was could walk and was in dance classes um, probably till I was eight years old and my parents removed and then they couldn't afford to send me for a number of years till I got to high school but I remember distinctly being on the bus from middle school and watching the kids get off the bus to go to dance classes in their leotards and my face was pressed up against the glass, you know, wishing I could could do it. And I remember for years when I first saw an image of Arthur Mitchell on television um, when he founded Dance Theater of Harlem. And in the Amsterdam News, they used to always have an advertisement and I would cut the advertisement out and I'd say, this is where I want to go to my parents. When they got their money together, I want to go to Dance Theater Harlem. Long story short, I got to go in high school. Um, I lived in Queens. And in high school, I went to a specialized high school in Manhattan uh, called Music and Art High School at the time. The Fiorello LaGuardia High School of Music and the Arts. It was on 135th Street and Convent Avenue, and Dance Theater of Harlem was on 155th Street near Broadway. So I could walk the 20 blocks from high school to class during my high school years. So I got great training while I was there. Studied ballet, tap, um, studied African dance from Melvin Purnell. And um, in my senior year, I discovered the Alvin Ailey American Dance Theater and went there and discovered Dunham Technique and discovered Horton Technique and just fell completely in love. And I came up here and there was no dance. So long story short, I was invited to teach. I've been teaching uh, in Syracuse from college, never thought of myself as a dance teacher, but I just started teaching in the community. I loved it. But I, we wanted to create funds. We were raising money as parents and teachers 
to send the kids on field trips, to bring master artists to Syracuse to work with the kids. We um, would get buses and take kids on field trips to go see Alvin Ailey in New York City. Um, fast forward to uh, 2016, we took our kids to see Misty Copeland at Lincoln Center. That's one of my favorite memories because I wanted our kids to see the first African-American ballerina of a major dance company in the world. And um, I can say I did that. It's wonderful. Was it Swan Lake? Or no, we didn't see Swan Lake. I'm not. I can't recall the name no, of the ballet. That wasn't. Imp- oh, that matter. was. That didn't matter what the ballet was. <laughs> didn't matter what the ballet was. Okay. But we were able to see. I wish it was Firebird because that would have been. I I really would love to see Misty Copeland dance Firebird. Yeah. So in 2006, the organization we were working for closed down. It's Onondaga Dance Institute, worked with Cheryl Wilkins Mitchell. She trained some wonderful dancers. I worked for her for 13 years as a dance teacher. My girls grew up in that dance studio. And I remember that at the time, it wasn't only the training, it was the community around the art form that was forming. I mean, here were kids, cross-section of the city, coming together around this art form, but the bonds that were created were wonderful. And I remember my daughter, who at the time, she might have been eight years old, I t- said, you know, the studio may be closing. And she was like, oh, oh, then I wouldn't be able to go to dance class anymore. And I was like, well... Maybe not unless mommy enrolls you in another dance studio. And then she burst out crying. She said, but my friends, when you're training at something like that, you're going. Oh, and my kids went to dance class almost every single day for hours. And nobody wanted to give that up. So we began to look for another space. It took us two years, but we found a space. We opened on uh, 117 Harvard Place. We raised money. We renovated the space and through the generosity of many local individuals and foundations. And our first class was September 2009. And here we are in 2018, and we're still going. Nice. nice. We've served hundreds of children, and some of them have done exceptionally well. Mm-hmm. exceptionally well and everyone doesn't have to be a dancer but I think what dance teaches is focus and persistence to a goal and you know there are solos like in any art form there are solos but there has to be a synergy that happens with others that you're dancing with And our only goal, really, two goals, a couple goals, was to train them in the art form toward mastery. So if they wanted it, they could master the art form to a place 
that would get them to the next level. That's all we were trying to do. I remember distinctly, especially my work with the Community Folk Arts Center, people would always want me to write a reference to some program. And they'd say, oh, I want to study art. And they wouldn't have a portfolio. Oh, I want to study music, but they can't read a note. Oh, I want to study dance because I like dance, but never was in a dance class. Our program for dancers would allow them to get to that next level. So if they wanted to audition somewhere, we were preparing them for that, and we still do that, and I'm very proud of that. So we've had kids leave us and go and get into intensive programs with Ailey, intensive programs with Dance Theater of Harlem, intensive programs at North Carolina School of the Arts. We've gotten into every major dance program save Juilliard. So it's the only one. But there are kids that were never going to be dancers, but they excelled in school. We've got a graduate that is Phi Beta Kappa at Spelman College. My, my daughter spent a year at Oxford. You know, and I think uh, I have another daughter who's a fine artist, brings movement into her art. Um, we have another young lady who's Miss Spelman. We've had like three that have become like beauty queens. <laughs> but I think the confidence that presenting yourself to the world that dance gives is something that's undeniable. And I, that daughter that cried, one of the things that I distinctly remember as a mother and as a teacher as a mother, my daughter Christian struggled a little bit. She had some issues with processing disorders. She didn't really speak till she was five. She, um, and as a result, she didn't have a lot of friends, but she had dance. And I remember, I remember when she was in preschool going to pick her up and she'd be on the all the kids would be playing and she'd be in the playground by herself. Or I'd go to pick her up at school during lunchtime and all the kids would be in one side of the lunchroom and she'd be by herself and I just would think, oh my God, my poor baby. But in the fourth grade, she was asked to dance in front, I could cry now, in front of the entire school. And she had a dance an African dance, and she had a costume. She was dressed all in white. And she had the confidence and the wherewithal. In the fourth grade, she was probably nine years old, and she held the attention of the entire school through her dance. It was magnificent. And from that day on, I knew she was going to be okay. Because she had something. She, you know, someone, People say... Or it was said to me, all you need is one person to love you in the world and something you love. And she loved to dance. That's an awesome story. Wow. And it sounds like she continued to dance and, and, and ran she, with it. She continued to, she danced, <laughs> when I think about her. And you know what? My Christian was not, and I think, at one point in her life, she may have desired to be 
a dancer. Um, but as she puts it now, and she's a visual artist, um, sh her senior college show was um, entitled something like Essence, dot, dot, betrayed by the booty. What does that mean? She was not physically what you would expect a dancer to look like. She was 5'9", she was not thin, but she had a passion for dancing. But people would always say, I miss seeing your child, I miss seeing Christian dance, because she loved it. She loved it, she just exuded this energy. And there were times when girls, she would get solos in a performance, and she was the unlikely candidate. She wasn't necessarily the best technically, but she could sell the dance because she would just get out there and love it, right? But she knew, you know, when you look, when you, you have a thought about, there are very few companies out there that will hire a dancer that doesn't fit a specific physique. And that's just the truth. So she jokes about it, but... She uses movement in her art. She does performance art. She um, she does printmaking. But she it's interesting. She has a passion and a love for dance, but her gifting is in the visual arts. But the dance helped her find that. So, so that yeah. So you know, I talk about my kids, but they're all my kids. I've worked with so many wonderful. Not only students over the years, but um, teachers as well. Many of the teachers that taught for ODI continued through and worked for DTS. Um, you know, when I think about um, people like Nicole Blue, who uh, we call her our principal dancer. She came up dancing with us all these years. She's still in the community, and now she teaches for us, and... If we need, if someone asks for us to perform in the community, many times I'll call on Nicole to do a solo because she's just exquisite, just an exquisite dancer. Wow. And so we've had, I think we've touched many lives. I'm proud of the work that we've done in the community over these many years. It sounds great that you've really touched so many lives and been able to you know, rather the person has gone on, as you said, to, to a professional performing dance company, or rather they have just stayed as a part of the community, mm -hmm. contributing their dance, as a young lady you just described, mm -hmm. it stays with them. Yes. And you've definitely, through, the, through your work, touched a life in a positive manner. So where's the dance company at, at, at this point, and where do you see that going forward? Ooh, now that's a good question. It's a very good question. I have to say, I've been a part of this work for 18 years, and I'm at a crossroads. I want Dance Theater of Syracuse to continue. Um, and I have a number, as I shared, a number of the teachers that started this with us are still with uh, DTS. We have wonderful, um, some wonderful volunteers, only one of which started with me 
many, many years ago, Barbara Dennis. She's the administrative arm. She serves as our treasurer of the board. She makes sure the teachers get paid every two weeks for their work. She organizes our she organizes us. Um, and that it's a lot of work and we're volunteers and it's time for a new generation of support and the weight of that is weighing heavily on me right now so I'm praying that we continue and I'll just say that I've said many times if it all ended today which I pray it does not it won't I have served this community and people like Barbara Dennis for like the last 18 years doing this work. And um, I used to tell many of my students as we, you know, we've taken them to many field trips, driving them in the car to Oswego, um, to New York City. I said, just pay. And they'd say, thank you, Mrs. Charles. Oh, thank you for what you do. Thank you. I said, you want to thank me? Pay it forward. That's right. That's right. Last question. On this note, and um, maybe this relates to both works, in terms of the dance studio, in terms of Dunbar, eventually, and it may not be in the same order or at the same time, but one has to think of succession. Yes. And how do you see that, or how would you like to see that play out for each entity, in terms of the dance studio and in terms of Dunbar, whenever that day comes for you to pass the baton on for each of those causes? I, oh goodness, it's interesting because I, I think about, you know, my needs in, and I hope this doesn't sound egotistical because I don't want it to be, but I really am looking for like a younger me. And what do I mean by that? I would love for a student or, you know, I would love to see someone that is attractive to sustaining institutions like this willing. Hmm. For me, this work is like a ministry, right? If I didn't have to eat, I'd do it anyway, right? With Dance Theater Syracuse, I've done it anyway because I believed and I believed in the power of dance. I know what it did for my own children, and I wanted all children to have that. And I've been willing to give of myself to make that happen. I need somebody with that same kind of value system. Not that you're not going to get paid, but if you couldn't, you'd still be willing to do it. And somebody that's open to learning. Right. We all think we know. I think I know everything sometimes, but just someone that's open to the possibility that maybe there's another way to think about it and say, OK, I'll try that or, you know, and be open to that. Um, unfortunately, the the brain drain from Syracuse is real. Kids aren't coming back here. Right. So I would love you know, and I've and I have begun to kind of back off a little bit at DTS because with all that I'm doing now with Dunbar, it takes me away where my physical presence is not at DTS as much as it has been. And I've been looking for 
someone to rise to the top. Well, I wish you, I wish you well in terms of your thought processes and the decisions that you have to make concerning yes. the, the, the dance studio, excuse mm-hmm. me, um, as well as Dunbar, both of which are important. Very, very important institutions. Thank you for your prayers for my thought process on, on moving it forward and sustaining it. Because it is a time of change, and uh, and prayer is needed. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> and and lastly, I just want to say that you know I think rather the entities merge mm-hmm. uh, in any way, shape, or form. I think that the common tie that binds is you and your philosophy and your outlook and your approach. So it's, even though they're two different entities, you still have a philosophy that carries over. To both. To become involved with the Dunbar Association, you can call 315-760-3155. If you are interested in learning more about Dance Theater of Syracuse, you can look online at www.dancetheaterofsyracuse.com. 52 Conversations is a production of More About You. Join us next time.